We're live in five, four, three, two, one. We're back. And yes, folks, back to back. We are having back to back shows. What is going on? Um, episode 173. You're, we're nearing 200, though. I swear on everything. We're nearing 200. It's good to be back less than like 24 hours. Maybe like a little bit over 24 hours. But we are back, and we are here, ladies and gentlemen. So welcome in, guys. This is the G. Mika Show, episode 173. Thanks to you all for joining in. If you don't know, now you know. We are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox.fm, Apple Podcasts as well. And you know the drill. If you don't. And if you haven't, subscribe to the show, share it, like it, leave a review, show your support, the whole nine yards, folks. Got a great show planned. It is Monday, January 28th, 2019. Like I said, we're back one day later. Can you hear the changing of my voice? As you do know, yesterday I was talking about being sick and stuff. I, I still have a little bit of like the symptoms, the symptoms and stuff. My sinuses will act up every every now and then, but instead of like it all just being there at once, it's not. It's like it's kind of like it's back. It's like it's slowly but surely like di- not. What, I'm trying to think of the word. It's slowly but surely like um, fading away. If you if you if you will, if we put it that way, because like I said in the past, like I have a, a the ability, like my immune system is just so good. I don't really stay sick for too long. So the fact is like it's slowly but surely starting to fade away. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, you listen to today's episode, and you, you just hear the activity, you hear how I'm speaking when it comes to it. You can heck a tell that it's already fast. I couldn't like there's specific things I couldn't do today and stuff like you can kind of hear like the tone and stuff changed a little bit. But it, there's just certain things you can't do. But I, I'm like well enough to do that. And I feel 100 percent like, well, not not going to say 100 percent, but I do feel like more than more than I felt yesterday for sure. Like yesterday was terrible. I think it's been like three days, but, you know, that last time I remember like it was like sometime last year. I, I was sick for like three weeks bro i've never been sick for that fucking long so that shit was crazy but luckily i persevered i got over it we got over it and here we are enough energy and pumped up to do another episode today so we got a great show we got a lot of interesting oh well we got a solid lineup for what we're gonna be talking about today just basically things that we didn't cover yesterday i had some like you know extended thoughts about some of the stuff like some of the fights you know, some of the fights to make, so we're not going to waste any time, like I said, we never waste any time around this program, like I said one last time, if you don't, or haven't, subscribe to our show in Google Play Music, I think that's like the lowest of them all, I don't like that one, uh, it takes forever for that one to get the, you know, the new audio, the new feed, the new feed that comes out, like the other podcast providers pages will get it i'll see it on like google podcast for example but not see it on spotify like i'll see a new episode that i put out on every other platform but this one so it's kind of confusing but like i was saying earlier if you don't or if you haven't please like subscribe share with your friends your family your ex-girlfriends it doesn't matter who the fuck you're sharing the show with just share the show that's all that matters but um Today's um today's list, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to start off and stay with Bellator 214, you know, as you know, 
Ryan Bader defeated Fedor Emelianenko in 35 seconds to become the heavyweight champion and heavyweight Grand Prix champion in total of receiving three belts on that night because he is a light heavyweight champion, the heavyweight champion, and now he was able to, he won the whole heavyweight Grand Prix ch- tournament, so he had three three total belts, so, you know, that's a, that's a, like, I still can't get over how amazing that is, just hearing everyone else talk about it and, you know, recap it on their shows, I'm just thinking, damn, Ryan, especially Joe Rogan, though, because Joe Rogan really said it the best, I finally listened to the Fight Companion yesterday, um, yeah, yesterday's show was pretty funny. It's pretty weird. We got like, like I said, we we covered some interesting shit on that episode, but we we didn't we didn't really talk about fight related stuff too much. But you know, like I said, there's a lot on my mind yesterday. There's a lot on my mind today when I woke up this morning. So you know, one of my biggest motivations for yesterday's show actually was the fact that Ryan Bader did win, and the fact that I wanted to talk about his performance and stuff. That's what really inspired and motivated me to want to. Um, really launched up an episode. I mean, it's, it's not that there has to be a specific topic for me to get motivated to talk about. I was just, my mouth, I just could not wait. I had to talk about it. It was that important to me, so that's why we got to it. The reason why we're staying on today's, we're talking about uh, today's, today's one simple. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk. I hadn't really had too much time to think about it, but Ryan Bader's opponent in the form of Fedor, the last Emperor Emelianenko. You know, I was looking at it. I was thinking about it. You know, a lot of people are calling for retirement, saying he has nothing left to prove, saying that he's done it all. He should hang it up. He should have hanged it up a decade ago. All these other different things. I'm seeing these in the media and the news and interviews and all this different stuff. So I was going to give my thoughts on Fedor's uh, loss to Ryan Bader, uh, where he can go from here, both honestly and selfishly. I will give you both my thoughts on that. So like what I think he should do, you know, for his, for his career, honestly, breaking it down technically, um, I'll, I'll break that on top of, you know, the critics and stuff and all that, you know, I have a really interesting take on it. So I think that I can try to separate my take from everyone else's, but, um, it will definitely be pretty, uh, pretty, I'm, I'm going to give my thoughts on that. So i and also the UFC returns to Brazil this weekend, uh, for Taleza at, at Bantamweight. We have an amazing collision between two top 10 fighters or two top five fighters in the form of Marlon Marias taking on, um, Rafael Santos out too in a rematch. The first fight was a split decision. I don't remember exactly the date that it happened, but you know, uh, Marlon Marias came into the UFC hot from the WSOF. He was a champion. He was knocking people's heads off left and right. He knocked Jimmy Rivera's head off in less than a minute um, in a main event fight, which was very impressive. You know, he trains with the likes of Frankie Edgar, Eddie Alvarez, Ricardo Ricardo Almeida. So some of the best coaches in the world. So he takes on. Um, Rafael Santana a rematch, and this will more than likely guarantee another shot at UFC gold or a shot at gold for Marlon if successful in the main event. Uh, the co-main event, we got a three-rounder featherweight fight between two top contenders, former UFC champion, uh, f- UFC featherweight champion, Joe Zelda returns. Uh, he returns to fight uh, Hanato Moinkano, who's coming off of a dominant, oh, a big victory over Cub Swanson. One of his lone losses was to Brian Ortiz. City Ortega, so Moincano's coming in Brazil hot, this is like a Brazil, all Brazil main card or something shitty like that, not shitty, I mean, like the top two fights are Brazil versus Brazil, so, you know, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of interesting to talk about that, um, 
And also, staying, uh, going back to Ryan Bader for a second, you know, I didn't really reiterate, I was going to talk about a potential fight, but, you know, there's this one video with him that came across that I thought was hilarious, the whole, after DC won the title against Rumble, the first time that, you know, the, um, vacant title or whatever it was you know he won the belt and you know ryan bader was a top contender he was a hot topic in that division right now because john jones was out dc just beat the man who was supposed to supposedly supposed to be the craziest most devastating artist a knockout artist of all time in that division you know the boogeyman as essentially and um that that uh was put to bed when cormier beat rebel johnson by a uh, submission uh, um, going to Ryan Bader, you know, they were talking back and forth, and then he's like, you know, it's notorious. It was a funny thing that DC said that I couldn't get my, I couldn't, uh, what is it? I couldn't stop thinking about it. He's like, I want the easiest fight in the division. He's like, I want Ryan Bader. So a lot of people have been going, he's like, I want the easiest fight in the division. He's like, get your ass out of this. This is my press conference. Fuck out of here. But then he's like, I mean, you look at DC's status back then, you know, he just won a belt for the first time in UFC. Um, obviously didn't get it in his first bid with John Jones, but he did win a belt. And if you fast forward all this time now, how long ago was that? Anyways, I don't really remember. I think it was like 2015 or something. I don't really don't know. But now you look at the status that they have. Ryan Bader's the champ champ. DC was the champ champ. You know, for personal reasons, he gave up the light heavyweight belt because of UFC rather, he'd rather have the UFC, uh, give up the belt than for the UFC to strip him. So, that whole thing happened with him, um, you know, it was all good, you know, the status is still there, and I was going to talk about, like, the whole crossover promotion thing, and how that can benefit organizations in the future, rather than them becoming rivalries, because if you look at it, you know, the whole thing with, um, what was it, it was one F, yeah, one, uh, one championship, one FC, who gives a fuck the name, what, it, what the name is, one championship, you get what I mean, um, so it was one championship, the whole crossover with them, or not the whole crossover, the trade, if you will. The trade between 1FC and the UFC. That was one of the biggest deals, if not the biggest deal in MMA. Damn. So that was one of the biggest things. I mean, the UFC traded former flyweight champion, Kingpin, if you will. Um, and, well, for those who don't know who I'm talking about, Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren. And we still have yet to know Ben Askren's status in the UFC as one of the top dogs because we haven't seen him fight. So we're really waiting to see if this deal prolongs. And what I mean by that is that like, we're going to see the benefits of this deal because we already know how good Mighty Mouse is. We just don't know. We, I want to know. I want to believe that Ben Askren's super good. But I'm not going to believe it until I see him fight. And he's fighting against a dangerous fighter in Robbie Lawler. Ruthless Robbie Lawler, former, former champion at 170 pounds. He's fought at 185 pounds as well. But he's a fucking killer, man. So that's definitely a really tough, very, very dangerous fight for Ben for his first fight in the UFC. I'm definitely curious to see how that's going to happen. But what I was going to say back to the cross-promotion thing, you know, now that we're getting all these super fights, I mean, another example, I think, was Ryzen when Darren Caldwell fought or Gucci for that title there. I think it was like the bantamweight title. Um, you know, Kyochi Horiguchi was more famously known at flyweight. You know, he fought Demetrius Shanton for the flyweight title, but you know, it was a cross promotion with them. Bellator sends their fighter from the States to Japan, and damn, uh, 
you know, they did the whole cross promotion thing. So obviously Darian Caldwell came up on the losing end. Unfortunately, now they're going to rematch in Bellator, but rising in Bellator, you don't know, have that kind of working relationship. So I'm saying what I'm really trying to talk about is that whole working relationship. How uh, uh, is this going to happen in the near future? Cause, cause it could. And what really sparked my mind about this whole thing is we're, we're getting, we're getting right into it now. Basically we might as well just talk about this first. Um, we just it, it it works with co-production, you know. This is a mixed martial arts world. We are in the world of mixed martial arts, and if you want to look at it like this, I know this is kind of a weird statement, but you want to think of the a UFC like UFC like an NBA an NFL team, NBA team, whatever the fuck you want to say. So, for example, because I'm selfish and I'm biased on a lot of ways. More than none. I like the Cowboys. So the UFC can be the Cowboys. They can be the Cowboys of the NFL. Bellator can be the, uh, the Saints, whatever team Tom Brady's on. That, that, that's, that's the team. That's what Bellator can be. Maybe you want to put Bellator, uh, UFC where Tom Brady's team is and, and switch it around if you want, if you will. But um, And, you know... They have a working relationship. You want to have somewhere where there's a working relationship. Working relationship within businesses and stuff, that's super beneficial. I mean, like I said, what I was thinking about in my head is like, you know, you want to build the ultimate fight in the world. Not in the UFC, not in Bellator, not in 1FC, not in... Not in motherfucker land, motherfucker FC, not in the amateur, not in the amateurs, but in the league, in the sport. So you know how you had Pride, they had WEC, you had UFC, all these organizations that people were trying to categorize as and argue over which organizations were the top organizations. No, they all produced a lot of good talent. There's a lot of great talent in all those organizations. But one thing I said I'd like to see relating to Ryan Bader and Daniel Cormier, this is the next topic that's coming up, is that if we see more cross-promotion fighters, then you'll really have a serious argument for who the baddest motherfucker on the planet is. You put the heavyweight champion of the world in Bellator, which is Ryan Bader, against the heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC and Daniel Cormier. You put those two on a collision course, you really get to see who the baddest motherfucker of all time is. Um, you, you put the light... Oh, same thing, light heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion against Bellator, and blah, 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 excuse me, light heavyweight champion and Bellator, light heavyweight champion UFC, match them together. I mean, you put Kyoshi Origuchi against Darian Caldwell, and that's that's a little taste of what what it could be like. But there's no way, shape, and form that we've stepped all the way in and and been able to experiment when it comes to all these cross promotion fights. So, moving along to DC and Ryan Bader. Originally, they were scheduled to fight. I think it was New Orleans or something like that. The New Orleans card or something, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not correct, I sincerely apologize. But, um, yeah, they were supposed to fight. Um, that didn't happen because Cormier got, uh, picked a title fight instead. And, then, you know, there's all props to Cormier. That was a huge history changer for him. You know, he won his first belt and stuff. They were supposed to fight. I wanted to see that fight. I wanted to see Cormier at the time when that fight was announced. Um, or before that fight was announced, you know, after he lost to John Jones the first time, I had wanted to see him, you know, I wanted, you know, Cormier was the baddest, one of the baddest man on the planet, you know, I thought he was a viable challenge for John, I thought he, I, I thought very highly of Cormier, I looked at his career at heavyweight and strike force, um, and everything else he did in the UFC up until that point to where he'd get a title shot, you know, the whole dropping down to 205 pounds, um, you know, 
taking a couple fights at heavyweight before that. But for me, I had thought because of, you know, he, he lost to John. So I had personally wanted to see what DC would do against one of the top contenders and no one, no one else better than Ryan Bader in the UFC at the time. So <coughs> I think that was um, an important fight. I still think it's an important fight. Um, I don't know, nor do I have too much knowledge on this, but I did hear on Joe's show that it said that um, you are, it was from Brendan. Brendan Chop said, uh, what is it? That, what is it? That it was his last fight. So he's entering free agency. So that means he has the power to negotiate. He has the power to get paid. Which places are going to come at him with the best offers? That's the thing. You want to go where... You want to basically, you want to go where the money's the best. You got to be selfish about it, especially in the sport. And I was explaining on it yesterday, you know, he got to go where the best fights are. You know, not the best fights in, you know, best fights in UFC, best fights in Bellator. That, that, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. But best fights for you, legacy-wise. I mean, look at what Ryan's accomplished. It would be stupid for Bellator not to want to pull him back in after that. But no, if we could see a cross-promotion fight, I definitely would like to see that. I would like to see a working relationship with Bellator and UFC. They seem very cordial. Bellator has produced a lot of good talent, um, You know, just like the boxing promotions. They, have, they all produce good talents. A lot of good talent. Some people aren't able to fight each other because they're under a boxing, another boxing license or a boxing company. Another like they're signed under different, like a different company stuff. So, if everybody could establish a working relationship, just imagine how many more freak show fun fights we could have, and you know, not have to wait for so and so to get to the UFC or so and so to move to Bellator or so and so to sign here or wait for your fights to be over here or there and have to wait and have years of our life and time and 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 everything else we got waiting on something to happen when it could happen if other tables are turned and you could establish and generate a proper working relationship so that's my thoughts on that that's that's my whole thing on that and um that's what i kind of wanted to um talk about and staying in bellator since we're already here is um uh fedor obviously fedor is one of the best if not one of the, you know top 10 i said like top five best heavyweights of all time for sure you know what really sparked it was that i looked at his losses you know there's people with 12 losses 15 losses for fuck's sakes like 20 losses shit like that dude he only has six losses but, you know, I looked at his, like, 37 and 6 or 7 or something. 30, like, 36 and 7 or something like that. That is not, that is not a, um, it's not a bad record, man. But if you look at the, the, the prolonged, ooh, she smelled really good. Uh, the prolonged career of Fedor, he's had a long-ass career. He's taken a lot of damage in his career. Not like he's getting knocked out every single fight or anything else like that. You know, the fact is, he's still very competitive. And, you know, he's fighting these fucking young studs. So if you look at Ryan Bader, for example, Ryan Bader's in his fucking prime. I praised him. I picked him to fight, uh, win the whole tournament from the very beginning. 
He's a seasoned veteran. He's putting it all together. He has not lost since Anthony Rumble Johnson. If you remember that, it was like maybe like six fights ago. But you look at the murderer's row that Bader's put himself through in the UFC, in Bellator. He's done everything. He won the whole tournament. He didn't really even get touched, essentially, this whole time. Stars King Mo in 15 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, and beat Fedor, best heavyweight of all time, in 35 seconds. So I'm going to go back to what I was going to say about Fedor. Is Fedor has had only six losses in his and his career, but they were devastating losses. There were knockout losses. A lot of them were knockout losses. I'm trying to see. I don't remember how many exactly how many, but you know, I know he got knocked out by Matt Mitrione. Um, that was a good fight up until they both landed in the same punch. They both got dropped, and Matt was able to follow up. It was just a little bit more wary of the situation and was able to finish the fight. Um, Matt f- finished him. I think his only losses in Bellator are to Matt Mitrione and to um, now Ryan Bader. But you know, I, I it sucks, and the one of the reasons is that I can't I can't sit here and say that he's not competitive, that he he should be he should stop fighting. Because, you know, as fans, as podcasters, as analysts, as people that are very close to the game of mixed martial arts and pay close attention to all these fighters' careers, I pay close attention to these fighters' careers all the time. For me, I just don't feel like it's, 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 I feel like it's not my place to tell him to retire. And I'm just going off based facts. I know, I mean, his last fight with Chell, he, Beat the fuck out of Chael Sonnen. Like I said yesterday, he beat the fuck out of Chael Sonnen. He 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 mauled Chael Sonnen like a like a tiger and a little fucking weasel, like a tiger and a little rabbit. He ripped the head off Chael. He beat the shit out of Chael. And before that, he beat Frank Mir. So Fedor was a top contender in this whole division. I mean, say Ryan Bader doesn't win, Fedor would be the one to win. That's the thing. That's what I don't understand, and how people are going to say that he should retire. You know, obviously it is the end of his Bellator run, if I'm not mistaken, his last con- his last fight on this contract. Um, being Bellator has been very good to Fedor, I'm pretty sure. It's been nice to see him in the second best organization in the world. Um, like I said, six losses isn't bad. You know, that Bigfoot Silva loss was very devastating. Um the Fabricio Verdum loss, eh, he got submitted. He didn't, he didn't get knocked out. That was over a, over a decade ago. It wasn't even over a decade ago, but, you know, that was a significant loss of his career. That snapped his unbeaten streak. I think it was like seven years or something like that. He was undefeated at one point. Um, no one had beaten Fedor. I mean, obviously, we didn't get to see him in the UFC or anything. Hence, if he was in the UFC, he might have calib- uh, he might have calculated a couple more losses than he has now. Don't no disrespect, but that's the biggest asterisk. Asterisk. We haven't seen him in the UFC. Um, we've seen him fight, but you know, there's been questionable fights. That's the thing. Like, we'll get one fight. Oh, where he doesn't look too too good. Like the fight with Maldonado, where he was dropped, and it was considered, you know, a, a fight that people thought Maldonado could have won. But um, you know, Fedor, you know, that fight definitely could have been stopped. If you guys remember, he got dropped badly. He was hurt. Um, go to the fight with uh, Frank Mir. He Frank Mir caught him early in that fight. He hurt him. You hurt him early, Fedor was able to recover. That's what makes him just as dangerous when you hurt him. He's equally as dangerous because you know, you're running out of wounded animal and he was able to c- catch Frank and finish him. He weathered the storm, almost weathered the storm with Matt Mitchell. They both land the same punch. 
both get dropped. They both drop. It's like almost like a double knockdown, a double a, a double KO. And Matt has a little bit more energy, and he's able to finish the job. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, all I can say, like, he has taken a lot of damage throughout his career. And, you know, you look at the punch Ryan landed. It was clean. It was beautiful. Pinpoint accurate. It wasn't like a devastating Anthony Johnson kind of punch, but it was just like so perfect, so pre uh, precise, so accurate. I don't know any better way to put it. But, you know, there comes a time. And if this next supporting claim would, could be the p potential reason why I can convince myself to really understand where people are coming from. Because like a lot of people said, like, it happens in the sport. You know, the, the chin are, chins aren't the same. We're not able to take the same shots. I mean... Look at, for, for example, Ferrer's getting hurt, he's getting tagged, he's able to come back and recover really quickly, but, you know, when he get, he's getting tagged every other fight, he's, uh, it looks like in his all last three fights he's been hurt. Other than the Chael Sonnen fight, he, he, he's been hurt. I mean, the fight with Mitrione comes to mind. He got hurt in that one, the Maldonado fight. Um, that was his first fight back, I think, after hella long. So the Maldonado fight, it was hurt. It was badly battered. A lot of people thought, who the fuck is Fabio Maldonado? And how the hell is Fedor losing to this guy? That's that's the main thing a lot of people had. That was a huge argument. A lot of people a lot of people still think Maldonado should have won that one. Um, but I would say, you know, Fedor still packs a punch. He's a lot more competitive than Chuck. Chuck Liddell. So if you want to talk about that, you can get your ass out of here. <laughs> that's just a funny thing. Chuck should have never, ever fight ever again. That's for sure. Damn, Jesus, it's fucking gorgeous on many levels. Um, but, you know, it's just, uh, it's, 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 if anything, the only reason he needs to stop fighting is because we don't want to see him get knocked out. And when we see Fedor get knocked out, it's not the same as seeing like a, like a Derek Lewis getting knocked out or like a, uh, Joe Schmo or someone else. It's not Fedor. I mean, if you look at the career he's had, the fact is he's still did he's still winning, and I can't get that fight with Chael Sonnen out of my mind because of how good he looked. It's hard to say because you know when I don't know. In, in a way, you can kind of relate. Um, it's like you can count somebody out, but when as soon as they turn back the clock and they come back, then what are we gonna say? You can't keep. It's like we're we're not gonna win here when it comes to debating or talking about something. We're not gonna understand what is going on because of what because everything just changes so quickly that's why that's the only reason why because things change so quickly in the blink of an eye in your own life in someone else's life you could die tomorrow you get hit by a fucking truck you could lose your leg you could have cancer you could commit suicide i don't know there's a billion things that can happen i don't mean to really talk about specific ones or anything like that i wasn't re i wasn't a uh, like hinting at anything or anything like that well, like I said, like life comes at you so quickly and, and life changes a lot and it changes super quickly just in sports. I mean, look at martial arts world. Look at the mixed martial arts world. Look at how fast everything could change. Look at the double champ stuff. Things we never thought would happen. There's a lot of things that happen in the sport that we never thought would happen. At least, you know, it was a thought that we would wished we had or like you know a fantasy but it wasn't something that ever come to mind i never i never thought women would fight in the ufc i'm still kind of getting used to it as crazy as it sounds i'm still getting used to it 
I mean, look at all the fantastic fights we've had. But now I'm looking at the fights um, going, for example, going 115. Look at Jessica Andrade's knockout of Carolina Kovacavich, man. If we can see some powerhouses at that weight class knocking people out like that, she's going to be a ferocious competitor for anybody to go up against. You know, Chris Cyborg, you know, I'm having a lot of appreciations for people like Amanda Nunes. I've always appreciated her, but it's awesome to see all these great talents and stuff. So going back to Fedor, yeah, six losses, but it's a lot of damage within those fights. Um, I forgot which fight was the one that Fedor was thrown on his head. He got dropped. Oh, it was a Kevin Randleman fight. So I have to, I have to really go back. And now that I got a little bit better of a sense, I can understand where people are coming from. Maybe we just don't fight. We just don't match. If, if you want to really want to see Fedor fight, I can think of a possible solution. You, you just got to see him fight someone like a Chael Sonnen, like someone who doesn't pack a punch like that. I mean, you look at the people that he's fighting, Matt Mitrion. Packs a punch. Hits like a fucking truck. Um, Ryan Bader, heavyweight, light heavyweight champion. Light heavyweight champion at the time. Top five in UFC at, at one point. Um, packs a huge punch. He, 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 he amassed knockout power naturally because he was a wrestler. Um, who else? Chael Sonnen. That was probably his only viable fight in Bellator. Easiest fight for him in Bellator because Chael is a 185 pounder and he was fighting a guy who was 240 plus. So, I mean, we just, if anything, if you want to see Fedor continue to fight in Bellator or anywhere, you got to give him some cans. But the diff, the other thing is the diff defense part about that, the part that makes me kind of, you know, I don't want to see anyone that shouldn't be getting a win over Fedor get a win over Fedor, if I, if I mean like that. I mean, I'm a fan of new talent emerging and stuff, but when it's time for someone to stop, then I'm not going to be an advocate of wanting to see somebody else fight and get knocked out and, you know, oh, I have a win over Fedor. That's my biggest win now. Now, I'm not going to be the young fighter that's going to be telling everybody that's the fight that's the fighter i want that's the, that's the guy i beat i beat fedor everyone's gonna know my name because i'm the guy that beat fedor and that's the way they're gonna look at it so i mean there's there's good fights for you to get your name off of and you know there's a couple people you would want to beat to you know gain some fame get some more attention get some more people behind you because you have their name under your belt and stuff it is any, anything in tournaments and anything you beat a certain person you're well known but if you get what I mean, not at that kind of point. I mean, we don't want to see him lose. There's a certain part of our heart that loses herself once we see Fedor lose. So, main thing is, I don't know. I don't know what we came. What I don't know what we made out of this whole thing. I kind of defended my statement. I kind of, I kind of backtracked on what I said. I, I, I'm being completely unbiased. It's like if we're gonna see him fight again. And worst case scenario, pretend he doesn't get knocked out. Pretend, you no, know, he's not chinny. Pretend these people don't knock him out, and he gets a couple of dominant wins like he did over Chael, and that's the best case scenario. He's forty years old. Um, but if not, then I'm perfectly fine with calling him calling it a career. He's done a lot of amazing things for the sport. Like I said, he was number two in this heavyweight tournament. So, you know, no one else out of it as as many years left as some of those other people have, which was many because you know they have. I had a Frank Mir, weathered Frank Mir in the tournament. King Mo, Rampage, no wrestling, um, no wrestling defense, you know, Rampage. He didn't got to question his motivation in the, the tournament. Um, Chael, you really thought Chael Sonnen was going to win? No, it was, it came up 
between it, it was a contest between Ryan and and Fedor and for everyone else I just I mean other than King Mo I didn't think that there was anyone else that would pose much of a threat other than um what is it other than uh Fedor because Fedor's dangerous but you know I would have liked to see that fight last a lot longer I would want to have see Ryan uh go through some like adversity or something but I already knew that wasn't going to happen because I just knew how good he was and um, just it's 2019 and it's his time. I, I've, I've watched him fight for years and years. And now that he's in Bellator, like I said, he's been crushing it. He's, he's done everything right. His discipline's on another level, his dedication. And, you know, he's one of those people that could simultaneously defend both belts. And, you know, Ryan has put the work in. Um, he's been fighting for a very long time. Well, not too long. He's just, he, as good as he is, he's basically the number, if you want to look at it, man, active fighters, not including Johnson or anybody he's lost to, there's Gustafson, John Jones, DC, Ryan Bader. As crazy as it is to say, in 2019, Ryan Bader's the top of the list for some people. But for me, Ryan Bader's always been at the top of the list because, you know, you just racked up win streaks. Before that, he kind of racked up a win streak before his fight with Anthony Johnson. You know, that was just a terrible fight where he shot in. I don't know if he was nervous. He, he had an early shot in on Johnson. And I knew once Johnson got on top that he was going to pound him away. So I knew that shit was going to happen when it happened. So, you know, other than that, he hasn't lost since. So Ryan has looked good. And like I said, Fedor was number two on the list. So I mean, that's an asterisk. That's a that's a positive, positive, positive outcome if, in a way. If you want to look at it, I don't know how much that would make how good that would make Fedor feel. But if you want to look at it like that, you can. But I, other than that, if I had to pick, I, I I don't I don't know. I would I would say I have to go with um. You know, he has nothing left to prove. Bellator, I'm not going to be tuning in any other Russian promotions to watch Fedor fight. Fedor's fighting in Bellator, second best organization. I think he should end his career there with Bellator. He didn't make any hints or announce any retirements or anything else like that. But, you know, I'd like to see him, um, you know, venture out and do other things, if anything. And, you know, Fedor, it's still awesome to see Fedor fight because for a while, for a while, we weren't, we didn't really see him fight. And when we did see him fight, that was a fight with, uh, that I remember was with Fabio Maldonado where he got pieced up and it wasn't really a good night for him. So, um, I mean, he has had a lot, had a lot of fights and stuff. And I think definitely, you know, if you were to hang it up, then I would be 100% supportive because I can't really think of anyone else that, you know, he, he fought the whole tournament. He, he stayed healthy throughout the whole tournament. Um, I don't think there's anything else that he can do. We all know he's dominant. I'll forever remember that fight with Chel Sonnen. That's not the only fight. I'm not just some dude that woke up and started watching Fedor fights right when he was in Bellator. I've been watching him since Pride days, but just the way he did that, it was like a man and a boy. That's the way it was. It was like a man and a boy when he fought Chel Sonnen. So, um, you know, Fedor is great. Greatest of all time. One of the best heavyweights in the world. Wish him all the best. All right, ladies and gentlemen, fast forwarding to more fights. We're keeping the train rolling. And if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, our show is brought to you by Anchor Radio anchor.fm slash start for you to create your own podcast today free of charge easy as fuck all you need is an email account with the passcode with those special characters 
easy shit, everything, everybody uh, asks for that whenever it comes to signing up for something on any level, so you can start your podcast today, become like Joe Rogan, become like Brendan Schaub, become one of the best voices in MMA and dancing and fucking cooking, I don't know what the hell you want to do, but visit www.anchor.fm slash start and to visit our podcast page. Our main podcast page, anchor.fm slash MMA show. And we are available on Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, podbean.fm, podbay.fm, and all the major podcast providers. Now on to UFC Fortaleza. <coughs> <coughs> You're a real one if you couldn't hear me holding in that coffin during those ads. Like, during those entire ads, I was holding the coffin because I didn't want to fuck up during the, during the, um, during my ads. There weren't paid ads. I did those ones on my own towards the middle of the show. I kind of like to do that. So I was literally about to start coughing in the middle of it. But, yeah, let's move on to uh, Fortaleza, UFC Fight Night. On ESPN 2, the second fight card of in the ESPN era. It said Jose Aldo takes on Hanato Moicano in the co-main event. But Moicano's a big-ass featherweight, man. And, like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this fight's going to go. Because, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see Jose Aldo. I mean, in a three-round fight, Jose Aldo's as fresh as fuck. When you look at that fight with Jeremy Stevens... Aldo landed that nasty liver shot. It's kind of reminiscent to Aaron Pico's liver shots, too. Shout out to Aaron Pico. Definitely will be back for sure. Um, but yeah, Aldo is one of the best in the world, so he's fighting a younger, more hungry. Well, I'm not saying Aldo isn't hungry, but he's fighting a younger, very dangerous guy. I mean, you look at that punch he, uh, Moicano landed when he dropped Cub Swanson, dude. That was like a jab. A powerful jab. He knocked him out with the power, knocked him down. Excuse me, with a powerful jab and had him in all sorts of trouble like that. I mean, Moicano's only lone loss, I think, was Brian Ortega. So Moicano's definitely on the rise. You know, he's definitely one of the top stars, one of the futures of the division. Um, this, I don't think, will be a passing of the torch when it comes to Jose, because Jose always fights with the ferocious vintage pace. You know, he's more notorious for landing those vicious leg kicks. And, you know, early on and, and, and watching Jose's fights, I watched them. I watched the power of the velocity of the kicks, the, the impact they always left on anyone that he fought. And the thing I always thought to myself was, who in the fuck is going to be able to withstand that kind of power when it comes to a head or leg kick or any kind of kick. Jose was vintage, you no know, kind of reminiscent of Hendon Brown. They're both crazy. They'll jump on you. They'll try to finish you. Um, and you know it's a pain in the ass, man. Oh shit! Is no Wi-Fi on? At least no for my other device, not for my, not my recording device. I just. Gonna fix some stuff later. I'll do that later. I'll do that shit later. It's easy. Um, but yeah, so it's an interesting fight. I don't think it will be passing the torch for like I said. Um, the Bantam. I mean, it's not like a top tier fight card if you think about it. Like it's implications wise. I mean, TJ just fought. So now his division 
is moving along with this fight between a Sunsound Marias. Marias is long awaited, should have had a title shot a long, long time ago, a while back. But, you know, it hasn't due to the fact that TJ's been out. He fought Cody twice. And then after that, it was, uh, what was it? You know, he had the whole super fight with Henry Cejudo. So, you know, it was completely understandable. Now, I think the best fight was to make was, you know, Sun Sal versus Marais, too, because it was a split decision. Both men thought they won. And it was a close fight. And, you know, there's nothing else to do with the division right now. Both guys are on streaks. Both guys have looked good. And um, I really, really can't wait to see... Uh, I can't wait to see uh, what happens in this fight, especially with Aldo, because, you know, I was just like what I was saying with Fedor earlier, you know, Aldo has been at the top for quite some time. Now, we haven't seen him lose any other fights other than the title fights with Max Holloway, at least as of late. I mean, <coughs> he was a. Uh, he was beaten down by Max Holloway in that first uh, first and second fight the same way. And we never really seen Aldo get overwhelmed like that other than the Connor fight. I mean, he was overwhelmed in the interviews. He was charging at Connor. He was emotionally invested in to what Connor was doing and it was ruining his mind. We could all see it. We could all see the side of Aldo that we had never seen. So in other words, meaning that Connor pushed him to a level that he had never been pushed. So we got to see a different side and fortunately for the fight, it only lasted thirteen seconds. So um, other than that, we mean he was. We saw Aldo get overwhelmed by Max Holloway. A lot of people want to look at that fight as passing of the torch. Because is Jose Aldo going to get a title shot anytime soon with Max being at the throne, at the top of the throne? At least not as long as Max is a champion. If Max somehow maybe like relinquishes his belt, because he's beating everybody at forty-five. So if he relinquishes his belt, moves up to one hundred fifty-five pounds, for example, then I could see Aldo potentially getting into the shot. But you know, maybe a win over Moicano. I don't know where that necessarily puts him because he has two. It's one of those rare occasions where he has two losses to the champion. So with two losses to the champion, I don't know um, what the UFC is going to plan on doing or what he's going to plan on doing. If he believes he can get another title shot, um, I don't think that's a possibility as long as Max is the champion. But we'll get to see what happens with that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a great fight, great fight card. I'm definitely curious to see how Moicano looks. It's like one of his bigger tests. You know, a former champion in Jose Aldo. Curious to see how Jose comes back. Curious to see how um, Asuncao, Marias run it back. Um, you know, I've always thought Asuncao was deserving a title shot as of late. And, you know, his last, I think his last loss was TJ at UFC 200. But if you look at it, I mean, the thing is, for people, I think we're in the era where people want to see exciting fights. People want to get excited for a person to fight. In a way, like you want to see entertainment. We don't want to see them in a way, kind of want to see shit talk in a lot of ways. But is a Sun Sal versus TJ a moneymaker? Is it a seller? Is it going to get people excited? That's not going to get people excited on 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 a entertainment kind of standpoint, unless you're just a hardcore fan. But um, what I mean by that, there's categories for the shit. So what I'm trying to say is that there's fights that people need, that we need to see because they are deserved. And there's fights that we need to see because not only because they either deserved or they're they're fights that make the most sense and they're going to get the most asses in the seats and they're going to get the most people wanting to tune in and listen and or not tune in or listen or listen to watch these are going to get people um, tuning in to to watch these. So in a way, fuck what's deserved. It's what's going to get the most money, the most bank. 
got to be about your money. I can see that. I can see the position that USC takes with that. And I'm honestly 100% behind it, man, because, I mean, they're, we're in business, money-making industry, so it's going to be real interesting to see. Like, you know, like I said, this happens with a lot of things, like Tony Ferguson in lightweight division, welterweight division. There's people on streaks, different, different, different scenarios. People, quote-unquote, deserve like I said, at bantamweight, they just, they both deserve title shots. Mar- Marlon Marias as well as Rafael um, Asensio, they both deserve to fight for a title for sure. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that they don't. Tony Ferguson deserves to fight for a title. Does Connor deserve? I mean, if you want to prolong that and say he deserves based off of his name, based off of the massive numbers that he's going to be able to produce. Um, Damn, for uh, like money, like what he's gonna produce numbers wise, revenue wise, attention wise. You know, it's gonna get attention all over. It's gonna be a success in a way, but in reality, he's coming off of a loss, and many people would like to see him fight another fight, a big fight, obviously, because he's Connor. But um, this whole deserve thing and versus deserve versus like what's really going to get the most money what would you go with that's the question i would want to ask a lot of people is what would you go with if it were your business would you go with what makes you the most money or what was truly most truly deserved and what if you can't find a middle like there's no middle between this what will your middle be how will you figure this out that's my question i'm going to ask a bunch of people this in the future because i really want to get this topic out and i really want people to realize the differences between deserving some shit and what's going to make the most sense for the fans and in a way a lot of the fights that make sense for the fans are deserving but it's not in the same category if you look at it like that because you know like a tony ferguson he's racked up 10 i think 11 straight something like that fights in a row where he's one he looked dominant in each and every one of them um versus a guy who maybe won a couple, lost two, maybe maybe one. Uh, I mean, Connor, essentially, if you want to look at it like that. I love Connor, but you know, he lost his fight with Khabib. Uh, and then, obviously, I don't want to count the Floyd Mayweather one, but you know, before that, he knocked out Eddie Alvarez to be two-division champion at UFC 205. So, I mean, not that most. And then, I think, before that, Nate Diaz. And then, before that, he lost. But, you know, someone will, someone will almost drop my phone, but... Thank God I had actual headphones with actual wires on it, actual Apple headphones with wires on it, because they're not the AirPods that everyone has. But yeah, like I said, Connor, I mean, it's not, I mean, he's had the most impressive resume, so he's the one guy I can give a pass to. But like I said, one last time, I mean, the whole deserving thing and versus what's going to get the most money, you got to find a way to separate yourself from it and really realize and understand where the UFC is coming from when it comes to title fights deserving of certain fights not deserving what's better for it because i'm pretty sure if you look at it there's a lot of guys that deserve these fights that eventually got them they didn't get them whenever they want i mean look at look at for another example a newer example a more prime example um the colby covington versus tyra woodley i think colby deserved that fight because he's the only guy that Willie hadn't really fought in the ufc and he was streaking colby's uh 
you know, he's one, he's on a win streak, you know, he's looked good. He, he, he sells a fight, but in reality, that's one of the examples I think that he actually deserves, you know, Kamaru deserves it, but you got Kobe has two, two edges over you and promotion wise and skill. I mean, I'm not saying that his skill is better. I mean, I like to see those guys fight one day. I'm not saying one guy's skill is better than the other, but he, he's done his homework on this. And this fight has been set in stone for a long time. And this, this has been something that we've, as, as fans and stuff, we've wanted to see. And, um, so I think that, you know, he's a little bit ahead of Kamaru when it comes to that. Um, and I think that that's a fight that should be made because it's a deserving fight. He deserved it. He campaigned for it. Woodley did the same exact thing. He said he wanted to fight Kobe. Kobe said he wanted to fight him. At the end of the day, UFC went with Kamaru Usman. I, I want to see. I like to see what happens in that fight. For example, you know, it's a great fight. You know, guys, kind of, they're kind of stylistically similar. Kamaru's uh, grappling heavy. Woodley's quick with his hands. He's he's also very good uh, on the ground. Very good with jujitsu. Very good with a takedown defense. So we're gonna see if Kamaru can't get him down. What's gonna happen? Are they gonna stand up? Are they gonna exchange? Personally, on my side, I do feel that uh, Woodley has an advantage when it comes to the hand speed and the quickness and the ability to blitz because you never really see Kamaru blitz on anybody. But the way Woodley's able to capitalize his speed, that that's going to really, really pose a huge, uh, huge asterisk for this next fight. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. You know, Kamaru did deserve it. So if you want to say he deserved it, I can be behind you when it, when it comes. I can support your statements when it comes to that. I think he does deserve it. He deserves it, okay? Colby deserves it, too. That's one of the rare things. He deserves it. He has promotion behind him. He has all the promotion and everything else behind him to support his claim for to have a title fight. So um, we digress completely going from Fortaleza. We're going to jump right back into those and make some official fight picks and stuff like that. But I just kind of wanted to give my... Um, my stance and stuff on 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 that kind of stuff when it comes to deserving and um you know deserving versus like you know i mean like i said at the end of the day for fight fans that's all we want to do is see some damn good fights some fights people want to see you know if you're a hard uh ooh you're a hardcore fan and you have you know you're a hardcore fan and you're fans of whomever you're campaigning for a title shot for you might just be a little bit more behind like more like supportive behind your guy versus someone else so you may choose to not see it from the actual standpoint but i choose to see it from all possible standpoints that's why i say that i feel like i'm a little bit different than everybody else because i like to look at it i like to break it all down and i like to really uh talk about it and stuff so so it's gonna definitely it's gonna be uh um like i don't know it's just that's just what i feel is different it's different from the way that i think about it versus anyone else because you know people do break it down in some solid ways but i feel like the way that i do it I'm, i'm able to relate to all sides i'm able to relate to every single thing so it makes it easier to handle the outcome in a way. So like a fight happens, something happens, um, and, you know, the outcome happens. Like I said, if TJ beat Cejudo, what would happen? I said that, you know, he would get another belt. Uh, I think pretty sure flyweight division would have been closed. It would have been another case of champ champ a la Amanda, Amanda Nunes, Daniel Cormier, 
um, BJ Penn, Conor McGregor, all these people got two division champions, two di- two division uh, championship belts. I said for Cejudo, I said the reason why I picked Cejudo to win, this is an example. This is literally what I said. I said I picked Cejudo to win because of the fact that he just I, I did I picked him because of the fact of the storyline being different. So what I'm trying to say like that is like he's an Olympic gold medalist, turned UFC fighter, turned UFC champion, had a title shot, lost it in, in under two minutes in the first round. No one ever thought he would come back and derail the best pound for pound fighter in flyweight division in the form of Mighty Mouse. No one thought he would come back years, a couple years later and, and beat Mighty Mouse. And, you know, it was the most convincing fashion. It was a split decision. I like to see those guys running back. Example of a cross-promotion fight. I like to see that happen. Um, if, it, if it were to happen, a fantasy matchup, if you will. Um, but uh, looking at it, like, you know, Henry had the better storyline. Olympic champion, UFC champion, and now he's marketable. And, you know, he's speak Spanish and he's bilingual no trilingual he speaks three languages I think so I mean TJ American former bantamweight champion dominated everyone he's fought he's looked good I mean for him and his legacy I can understand that too that's, that's why I'm saying maybe I am being a little biased on which storyline sounds better but I just try to look at it from like a fan standpoint like like what what fans would like to see. I mean, maybe fans would like to see multiple scenarios. How about I hit up Doctor Strange to look up fourteen million fucking six hundred and seven outcomes of what would happen in that fight if they fought like a million times? What would happen? I don't know. Who knows? But just just interesting. Like I said, the world the world of mixed martial arts is very crazy, very interesting, uh, very technical, and I feel like. Um, I feel like, you know, as this game starts, I mean, it's very young still the sport, but I feel like as time goes by, we're going to, don't be surprised to see crossover promotion, more of it. Don't be surprised to see freak show fights. Don't be surprised to see people that you didn't think quote unquote deserve the fight, get it. Cause that's something that's going to happen. So you got to prepare yourself for like all these possible scenarios and, you know, don't go overboard. Don't be crazy about it, but look at the actual possibilities. Ew, excuse me. Look at the actual possibilities of what could potentially happen. I, I try to do that because if I do that, when it comes to relating to it, when it actually happens, then you can't say you're not surprised. Like that's how it is. That's how I treat a lot of things in life. When it comes to people like, new people, new friends, pretend you got a brand new girlfriend or something like that. You know, I treat it like that. I don't like to think about it like that, but I prepare myself for everything that ever comes my way. That's as hard as it is to say that. I legitimately mean that. I really do that. It's really it's really created success for me and it's had avenues for success when it comes to anything that I do. You know, I'm able to avoid situations I'm able to spot bad situations before they happen. I'm able to get through situations. I'm able to think of outcomes or responses to something that's happening. So, for example, your girlfriend breaks up with you. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit? Are you going to look at all the possible things you can do? You can sit and whine, cry. You can be upset. You could blame your shit on someone else. Um, 
you could do anything under the fucking alphabet or anything under the rainbow, if, what you call it, if that's what you call it. Um, but if you list like the positive things, when it comes to those positives, it's like when when that shit happens or someone you know dies or someone something something really sad happens or something unfortunate happens you lose your job you get shorted on your check you don't you aren't getting enough hours you're not getting enough subscribes this is really stupid but if i understand where you're coming from if you want have subscribes i'd be upset too i need more too <laughs> subscribe and like and review and share motherfuckers um but like i can understand like being upset about something it's understandable but if you don't have a solution that's the next part that's gonna fuck you over. So, I don't know where I got that from. It's like the whole salute. That's uh, what basically what I was relating it to was that the whole deserving thing. I said this a million times today. Uh, the whole deserving thing and versus you know and learning all the outcomes, thinking about all the potential outcomes, what could happen in these fights or these contests, and I understand what could happen in these because my own personal knowledge in my own life, because that's the way I um, I think. And I'm able to relate the, to the things I think of and put it back to doing something like this. Putting it into the fight game. Putting it into knowing knowledge. You know, dropping knowledge. Giving my thoughts. Breaking it all down. And that's scary. The scariest thing is that I'm very fluid with it. And I'm very good with it. And the fact is nobody knows about it yet. That's the scary part. It's going to get good. It's going to get better. We're coming here. We have four minutes left on this. And no better way to promote it other than to fire some shit up towards the end of this podcast. Nobody knows about it. And they will know about it because this is a young talent i'm young hungry ready provide drop put the best knowledge out there for people give insight let you guys know that i'm not stupid this is the best this is the best i've ever felt this year is mine this this is positive positivity coming my way there's a lot of great things to worry about a lot of things to focus on and that's what we're gonna do so i said that being said, fight picks in the last three minutes. I'm going with Jose Aldo because I don't think he's going to lose another non-title fight anytime soon. That's not a very supportive topic, but I just think Jose Aldo, you know, he has the edge over anybody that's not named Max Holloway, at least for the time being. You know, I want to see him outpoint Moicano on the feet. Moicano is a lot bigger than him, packs a lot of more, a lot more power because I feel like he cuts a lot more weight and he's just largely, physically larger, bigger guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how his cardio holds up. Jose Aldo did turn down a five round fight because he liked the three round training and he doesn't have to go a whole five rounds. So it's a lot easier. So, um, I'm going to pick Jose just to be safe. Uh, main event, ah, it's a hard one, real hard one. I have to go with um, Marias because I want to see new blood at 135 pounds when it comes to title fights-wise. In you know, a Sun was quietly, slowly but surely racked up some wins in a row, and he's looked good doing it. But no, but he, he looked good, but he hasn't looked like, oh, my God, like absolutely stunning or absolutely impressive. You look at what Marias has done. Look what he did to Jimmy Rivera. You look at all the other wins he's had since then. And dude, he's been a killer. Like all these guys coming over from different organizations and stuff, dude, they've been killing it. So that's how it's going to be. And I think I'm going to go with Marias by a unanimous decision because a Sunsau is very tough. And I don't think that Sunsau is going anywhere anytime soon. So those are the top two fight picks for that one. Um, who else is on that card? There's a lot of notable names on that card, but I'm not necessarily thinking about those, but just thinking about the top two fights. We're the top, we're, 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 
we talk about main important fights, fights that are going to move the needle, fights that are going to get the UFC more money, the biggest fights in history on this podcast. We don't talk about none of the undercard fights until you make your mark in the sport, and it's worth talking about. That's how the media works. That's how we're going to do it. And to finally close things up, that's how we're going to end this fucking show. So I appreciate you guys for joining. Thank you all for joining. Um, follow me on Twitter at G the King underscore MMA. That is the final handle that I'm going to keep unless a meteor hits me in the head. Instagram at G the King underscore MMA. Uh, Instagram as well for G Meeker MMA Show at G Meeker MMA Show. Facebook.com slash Gaby Baby123. Thank you to Anchor Radio. Thank you to all the major podcast providers that are hosting all this podcast. Like I said, this is amazing. It's a nice to have a home. It's good to not move around. Like I said, if you want to try Anchor, start your own podcast today at www.anchor.fm slash start. Visit my Anchor website for my podcast at www.anchor.fm slash show. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, two podcasts back to back. Enjoy. G Meeker MMA out.